Hello, insiders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. This is your host, Eb Wilkinson, along with co-host Dave Mason. How are you doing, Eb? I'm doing well, coming to you live from the modern KVOI broadcast complex here in Tucson, Arizona. Bruce is still on special assignment. Hopefully, he'll be back in a few weeks. This portion of today's program brought to you by Corazon Cabinets. Now is a perfect time to call Corazon Cabinets and get a jump on your next home improvement project. Christmas is uh, coming up in just a few short days, and there are no supply chain problems on cabinets being available. At Corazon, Joy and Ellie have their 6,000-square-foot warehouse stacked to their ceilings with beautiful cabinets ready for your home. Call Monday and speak with the design professionals from Corazon Cabinet at 488-2266. Before we get going, Wreaths Across America is once again offering Wreath Match to kick off the 2022 campaign starting today and going through Friday, January 14th. All re-sponsored through a registered WAA sponsorship group, such as the American Legion Auxiliary Oro Valley Unit 132, will be matched by headquarters for placement next December. Please donate. This is a worthy and much-needed cause to honor our fallen heroes. Go to www.wreathsacrossamerica.org slash AZ0011P. Today marks the 641st day of the 15-day Flatten the Curve. Just yesterday, Dr. Anthony Fauci flip-flopped again stating that the possibility of changing the definition for fully vaccinated is certainly on the table as a number of new COVID-19 cases continue to surge with the Omicron variant. And this is after stating that once people were receiving their two vaccination shots, they were fully vaccinated, and that once you were vaccinated, you no longer needed to wear a mask. Yesterday, Pima County Board of Supervisors doubled down again, announcing that they will be discussing another countywide mask mandate for indoor public places at their December 21st meeting. Welcome to the never-ending story. Joining us is Brooke Brennan, Public Affairs Officer for the FBI Phoenix Tucson Residency or Resident Agency. Brooke, welcome to Inside Track. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, listen, um, the FBI just released a press release talking all about uh, ho-ho-ho holiday scams. <laughs> what, what are some of the scams going on right now, Brooke? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, with more people shopping online, avoiding the stores right now, we just want to make sure to educate and warn the public that these scams are out there and just to be a little extra vigilant as you're shopping online because we, want, we really want you to enjoy a scam-free holiday season. A couple, you know, to really keep your eye out for, are non-payment, non-delivery scams. What is that? Social. Um, so that is when basically in a non-delivery scam, you'll pay for a good or, or a service that you find online, but you'll never actually receive it, right? Or conversely, a non-payment scam is when a good or service is shipped, but then you never receive payment for it, whether they canceled the payment after it was shipped Got it. or something like that. And So that like if actually, you're selling on eBay. Right, right. So don't ship it until you get paid, basically, right? And make sure that the payment goes through or just be extra cautious when you're selling stuff on eBay. And same thing with purchasing it because you don't want to pay for something and not get it either. So that's kind of a tricky, it's a tricky one. And it's actually the, in 2020, it was actually the biggest online kind of shopping scam that Arizona consumers saw. 
in 2020, it cost Arizona consumers about $4 million. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a big one. And just, uh, you know, keep your guard up when you're shopping on some of those sites that maybe you scroll through on your feed and you see something that looks cool. Uh, you know, so just be extra vigilant when it comes to that. Um, social media scams are obviously also pretty big. You know, anytime you... Like I said, you're scrolling through your feed, you see something that's really cool, you click it, you like it, dig into the website a little bit more. Because I always like to warn, too, that what may have worked for your friend could not work for you. You'll click on an ad, and then all of a sudden you see very similar products, right? And you just want to make sure that the website you're using is the right website. You're not going to see something... Say, for example, you see something that you like and it's $300. Well, if you see it pop up again for 50 bucks, Probably something to watch out for. <laughs> right. That's probably if it's too good flag, to be true, it probably it. is. <laughs> exactly. And that's ultimately, if a deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, another one is we have gift card scams. Um, during the holiday season, you know, you see consumers buying gift cards and or their CEO or what appears to be their CEO sends them an email asking them to get gift cards for employees, but then they receive the gift card information and then just take the money for themselves. This happens a lot with business email compromise. Happened at our office. And really? Unsuccessfully. Yeah, yeah unsuccessfully. But it was an attempt. Well, yeah. <laughs> I emailed good. him well, back we'll and like said, why are you successful. asking for this? When you're in the office right across the hall from me, I never heard from him yes. again. <laughs> well, see, and that's good. And well, and with people working from home right now, you know, you, you don't have the luxury of being like just going across the office and being like, hey, what's this email that you just sent me? You know, so, oh, I totally made it, it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. then that's the thing and, is to kind of have a little bit of an aggressive attitude and kind of play it back at them. You know, they don't know what to do. Great yeah, defense. That's true, too. Yeah, and it's just big to look for, you know, and they can make their emails look almost identical, right? Maybe they just add a, a period or something somewhere in the middle. So it looks very similar and it looks like it's legitimate, but really it's not. Yeah, um, also yeah. with gift card scams, we've seen, I've seen warnings about um, people covering up the number with a different number. So oh, then when you're buying it, it yeah, it actually doesn't connect, and it doesn't look right. So when you're purchasing gift cards, just make sure you're looking at the number and that little, you know, how you have to. Sometimes you have to scratch it off. Just make sure it hasn't been tampered with in any way, shape, or form. Brooke, so that's we've got kind of also a big thing. <laughs> we've got two minutes left. In the last two minutes, what else do our listeners need to know about? And I'm going to ask you another question to go along with that. Yeah. If they've been scammed. Do they call the FBI, and does the FBI take it seriously? So, really, if you've been scammed, the first thing we suggest you do, obviously, call your bank. Let them know you want to try and get your money back if you can. Um, then, after you've called the bank, call either your local law enforcement agency, or, yes, you can call us at FBI Phoenix, and we'll hopefully try and figure it out and help you out with it. Um, we also encourage victims to file a complaint with our Internet Crime Complaint Center, IC3.gov, because even if we maybe maybe can't, you know, dig into it and find this out for you, 
it can help us connect the dots with other consumer complaints, right? If one person's complaining about a $300 loss, and then two days later, another person complains about a $300 loss, maybe we can connect those dots, you know what I mean? And hopefully help people out. So it's definitely important to report it. That's the main thing. But be aware because no one wants to spend their holiday on the phone with the bank or on the phone with law enforcement. So just trust your gut. That's what that's what I like to end with. Trust your gut. If something doesn't seem right, you're probably right. Do a little bit more digging and check the reviews too. Reviews of companies will tell you a lot. That sounds so great. So that's how I'd like to end things. Yeah. That's great. Hey, Brooke, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you back on again when uh, we get some more FBI press releases that look fascinating. Uh, Mr. Producer, <laughs> let's take our bottom of the hour or our uh, break right now, our quarter of the hour break. When we return, we're going to be joined by Dr. Lee Vliet from the Truth for Health Foundation. Let's take that break now. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing. And then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through. But that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house. We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. I'm Eb Wilkinson with Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. I don't ever want you to be dependent on government ever again. I want you to become financially independent. You will never, ever have to depend on socialist security for your survival. We are here to guide you to financial independence. That's imuswilkinson.com, 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Welcome back to Inside Track. This portion of today's show brought to you by Eric Rudin and his professional team at Essential Pest. Now's the time to have your home or business protected from those bugs and critters. Also call Essential for pre-emergent treatment of your yard to prevent those big leafy green weeds this winter. Call the Essential Pros at 886-3029 so they can safely help you. Joining us now is our next guest, Dr. Lee Vliet. Lee, welcome to Inside Track. Thank you so much, Eb. It's a pleasure to be with you. As you and uh, just to let people know, Lee and I have talked uh, earlier this week. I am just so excited to have you on. Hey, um, tell me about your foundation. Well, Truth for Health Foundation is a 501c3 public charity here in Arizona, but serving 
the entire country and the world with our educational programs, patient advocacy, medical freedom programs, early COVID treatment. We have a program with experts, international experts who are leading the way treating vaccine injuries. And these are all people who are advising resources. We are not a medical practice. We're a public charity. And our services are educational and advocacy, both medical and legal. We've also been spending a lot of time in the trenches since September, really trying to help extricate people's loved ones from hospitals where they were being denied effective treatment for COVID. And, you know, everybody's focused on they can't get ivermectin in the hospital. That's really only the very tiny tip of the iceberg. What we've been finding is that the hospital protocols are actually denying fluids, nutrition, vitamins, really? corticosteroids, uh, antibiotics, diabetes medicines. It is staggering what we have been uncovering in my direct work with families and lawyers trying to find other resources and get treatment for patients. How is this not malpractice? Well, it is, but they are immune from malpractice suits because the hospital administrators are operating under the the CARES Act protocol and the Medicare waivers of patient privacy, patient rights. And actually, uh, this is is a manifestation of, under the guise of COVID protocol that goes back to Ezekiel Emanuel's complete live system that I was talking about on America's Fabric 10 years ago in the era of the Obamacare fight, because Ezekiel Emanuel was the doctor advising Obama about rationing medical care for people over 50 And also, he is in the shadows advising the Biden administration. And this is actually, by design, this is something that he has published as medical papers. I wrote about it in 2009 and 2010 and 2011. And again, this year, because this is the manifestation of it, patients don't realize that under the COVID waivers that Medicare CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, has put into place, hospitals are basically running roughshod over patient rights, family rights. They're denying access by lawyers, by priests, rabbis, pastors, and they are way exceeding the CDC guidelines for isolation for contagion, for example, CDC guidelines say 10 days. Well, most people, by the time they hit the hospital, have been sick for 10 to 14 days, which is why they're so ill. All of the patients that I have treated throughout 2020 and 2021, even really sick ones, I've kept them at home. None of them have gone to the hospital and none of them have died because we started treatment as soon as there were symptoms. And we've used the entire multi-drug sequenced combination therapy that Dr. Peter McCullough and his international team developed in March and April 2020. Well, let's talk about that. So let's say, and by the way, I'm narrow casting to Chicago. Let's say you have like a 
sister and brother-in-law that just got diagnosed with COVID. What treatments are there out there before they even consider getting sick enough to go to the hospital? Can they be? Are there treatments available? Oh, absolutely. There've been. There's a whole variety of treatments. Number one, the federal program set up monoclonal antibody infusions as a free service. People don't even have to pay for that. But you have to know it exists because they kind of keep it under wraps. They don't tell you that this is an effective early treatment. So that's one. But you have to start it before you've had symptoms for eight days because this new administration, in trying to prevent early treatment, pushing people towards the box canyon of the vaccine, they are they changed the criteria instead of having symptoms for 10 days or 12 days and be able to get monoclonal antibody infusions they cut it back to eight days so people have to know it's available know how to access it and we've got information on that on our website but medications that we've been using for my whole medical career antivirals anti-infectives anti um, inflammatories and anticoagulants and nutraceuticals, all what, of those. Okay, so an- antivirals, is that like your hydroxychloroquine and your ivermectin? Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, acyclovir, there's several other antivirals on FDA approved in the U.S. we've used for years. And yes, hydroxychloroquine is particularly potent against the SARS-CoV-2 virus. That was known Fauci and his his gang at at the NIH, his agency, knew that in 2001 to 2003 and published a paper on it in his own Journal of Virology from NIH that hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine were potent antivirals. They blocked the virus from entering your cells. They blocked the virus from replicating, and they're anti-inflammatory. And yet he's against all of this. Well, of course, he has financial stakes in the vaccine patents. Anybody can find that out. You don't have to take my word for it. Just look at the NIH disclosures. It's oh all there. God. I found it. I found it in March, April 2020. So first he comes out and he does a paper saying this works. And then he comes out and says, but we're not going to authorize it. Well, exactly. That's 20 years ago he came out with the paper and the research that showed hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine were very potent antiviral against the SARS-CoV-1 virus at the time, and that shares 80% of the genome with SARS-CoV-2. So I found that paper in five minutes in March of 2020, and I started using it right away. So he's deep in the pockets of these drug companies, He's promoting the vaccination, and we talked about this earlier. Not only do you need to get vaccinated twice, but now he's talking about every six months coming out with another booster. Do vac- of course. Look do- at, the, look at the, the market gains and the market cap now on all of the companies that benefited from this vaccine mandate. Yeah, Moderna is up 93%, or 93% of their profits come from this. Yes, and look at Pfizer. You know that. You're in, in exactly. the finance world. So so I already know the answer, but just to placate me, does the vaccine prevent catching or spreading COVID? No. And that's in the clinical trial data from the pharmaceutical company that's been suppressed. That's why Truth for Health Foundation was I reactivated it this year 
because the lies in the media were just costing lives every day. We were looking at thousands of people dying for lack of adequate, truthful, balanced, good, peer-reviewed outcome data on what was working. And so Dr. McCullough and I talked about it, and I said, okay, look, Peter, I can ramp up this foundation. I can reactivate it. It was approved as a nonprofit in 2008 for a different war. And then the economic collapse hit, and we didn't operationalize it. But it's all there, and the filings are current. We can get going. And that's what we did in May, and we've been going gangbusters on getting international experts to do educational programs. We've been doing pro bono services, advocating for patients trapped in hospitals. We've been working with lawyers from around the country. I don't have any good ones in Arizona that have stepped up to fight this fight, but I've got lawyers in other states that are just warriors for these patients who are trapped in hospitals. And we've managed to get some patients out. It's like a hostage rescue. It's absolutely tragic. Yeah. So if the vaccine doesn't prevent them from catching or spreading it, is it all just about the money or are there other nefarious reasons that the government wants you to get vaccinated? Well, I think it's very clear that it's designed as a control mechanism. And you look at we've never had vaccines in our entire vaccination history. We've never had mandated experimental vaccines. And your listeners may not even realize they may have heard the lies that they these are FDA approved. They're not. Pfizer's, Pfizer's shot was not FDA approved on August 23rd. It was continued under the emergency use authorization. It was only Comirnaty, which is made by BioNTech in Germany, it's not even available in the United States. And yet we're even being milk- misled by the press saying that they're all exactly approved. right. Exactly right. And the government, Biden, said they are all approved. Biden himself said it. Of course, he's he a says a lot of parent. things. Well, he's the one that well, approved it. Oh, that's all that means. Well, he he is parroting a script from a teleprompter. Let's face it. The man is seriously cognitively impaired. These are not his original statements he's being told what to say and he's reading it from a script but the point is that the public is being forced into experimental shots for the first time in our history these vaccines cross the blood-brain barrier and cause neurologic inflammation we've never had vaccines that do that they cross the placental barrier and injure the developing baby in the womb and we have data from 12 years ago showing that the lipid nanoparticles, part of the technology of these vaccines, concentrates in the ovaries and testicles. So when a pregnant woman gets this vaccine, and one of our experts talked about this, he's a maternal fetal medicine specialist, and he talked about this in our press conference on the threats to pregnancy and fertility. And he said, so when you inject this into the mother, This vaccine, unlike any other vaccine ever given to pregnant women, crosses the placental barrier and affects the developing baby who has basically no immune system at that point. And it's concentrating in the brain, the ovaries, the testes, the heart, the lungs. It's devastating. That's why we've had such a high rate of fetal death, death of babies 
after pregnant women get the vaccine. And they don't disclose any of that. No, they don't. Lee, we've got a minute and seven seconds left. In the few short time we have left, what else do you want our listeners to know about? Please go to truthforhealth.org, click on treatment guide, download our early treatment guide, print it, read it, look at the stages of the illness, look at all the medicines that need to be brought together to treat you in the first three to five days of symptoms, get that guide, get your COVID survival kit at home under your control, and do your best to stay out of the hospitals. They have literally become medical prisoners, and people are dying that don't need to die if they could get early treatment. Lee, how do people get a hold of you or your, or your uh, organization? Truthforhealth.org, and there's sign up for our email alerts. Sign up to donate and help support us in our pro bono work on behalf of the public. And they, people can call or email info at truthforhealth.org. And it's F-O-R, not the number four. Perfect. And that's the best way to get us because it is, it is so imperative. You have got to take charge of your health. You've got to be in control. You cannot depend on the hospital-employed physicians to help you. They've been told not to treat COVID, send people home to get sicker and go to the hospital, and the hospitals are making about $100,000 extra per patient. And now the truth comes out. Exactly right. Lee, thank you again for joining us. Uh, We barely scratched the surface with what I wanted to talk about, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, thank you Sounds for all. Yeah, thank you for all you've done in service to the country, Mr. Producer. Let's take our bottom of the hour break. When we return, Mark Fincham joins us to discuss the election hearings on Monday. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Wouldn't it be great if political leaders could create that country again? Learn how to do exactly that, one family at a time. With Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. Call me, Eb Wilkinson. I am USWilkinson.com. 777-1911. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing metal plate and roofing materials as well as new and used steel aluminum and stainless steel to ranchers artists interior designers roofers and do-it-yourselfers just like all the listeners here tucson iron and metal retail is open monday through fridays 8 a.m to 4 30 p.m and saturdays 8 a.m to noon tucson iron and steel retail 701 east 36th street Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? 
none of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh, essential pest control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends Jamie and Gary Kipper from Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. They have some of the best steel surplus materials in stock ever to help you with your next project. Call Jamie and her steel pro, Craig Beach, at 209-1576. If you've got an upcoming project, go by the yard at 701 East 36th Street and look for yourself. Tucson Iron and Surplus is not a scary scrap yard like the big one across the street, and you'll be amazed at the products they sell that you'll never find in a big box store. These are This is a great local-owned company that you can depend on. Bruce and I do. So should you. Joining us now is Mark Fincham. Mark is a current state representative for LD11. He worked as a firefighter and a police officer as well as working as a rancher before leaving Michigan and moving to Tucson. Mark, welcome to Inside Track. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Great. There are two issues I want to cover. Uh, the first one is the hearings that took place on Monday. So, first of all, what did the hearings discover last Monday? Well, the hearing really didn't discover anything. It was the people who have been out in the field and who have been going through data. They're the, they're the, the, the credit belongs with them uh, for what they discovered. We simply took the opportunity to give them a, a venue to explain what they were finding, the work that they had done. So this, if we go back to the beginning of this, this whole episode, on November 30th, we um, spoke to a, an email that was sent to the Criminal Division of the U.S. Department of Justice alleging that uh, an individual who we've got to believe was a Democrat was sitting in a Democrat Party leadership meeting in Pima County where the, the individuals that were leading that meeting said that 35,000 fictitious votes had been entered into the Pima County election system. Oh, my God. Before the election, okay? And that those, those votes would never be found, and even if they were found, um, they could chalk it off as an error because they, were, they did what's called a spread distribution across a number of precincts. Well, there was just so much content. And, and I mean, who writes things like that to the Department of Justice, I mean, that's inviting, if it's a false report, that's inviting a federal crime. Okay? Wow. Yeah, so, false reporting. Yeah. So there was at least a certain amount of, of reliability there. Yeah, you know, the, interestingly enough, the left wants to attack that, but they're the ones that um, will go out all the time and say unnamed sources. Go figure. Anyhow, we um, turned that information over to some... Um, real top-notch data miners. And I assisted them with getting certain public records and getting the, for example, the ballot requisition order that goes to run back. And then once they were able to piece a lot of that together, they were able to put canvassing books together. And some of the work was around canvassing. Some of the work was around just looking at the data and, you know, trying to understand how is it that you could have more than 100% of mail-out ballots uh, counted in the vote. Where that means, so where that means you've got more voters than or more ballots than voters here in here in Arizona, Pima County. We saw that. Um, that was the statistical analysis that was provided by um, 
uh, Phil Evans and, and some of the folks that were working on that aspect. But more importantly is the, the actual canvassing works. That's what I found um, fascinating. So if I remember correctly, um, Shelley Kais, who is the Pima County GOP chair, has had a, a canvassing team out knocking on doors and checking addresses and just, you know, wherever there's a registered voter. Um, trying to ver- verify, is it a house? Is it a government building? Is it a vacant lot? Um, were these people there? Were, you know, just trying to understand something that ties the voter and the address together. Sure. Well, they found 322 of, of the alleged legal votes um, were at the Pima County Treasurer's Office. Wait, okay. say that one more time. I think it was 322 of the alleged counted votes. We'll call them legal for the time being, but the allegedly legal votes, the people had a registered home address of the Pima County Treasurer's Office. How does that even get by anybody? Well, in the past, people haven't looked, quite frankly. And what it's pointing to, and that's just one of the examples, what it's pointing to is that our voter rolls are so polluted at this point that it's going to take a major effort to go through and verify, first of all, that addresses that are in the voter rolls are residential properties. But more importantly, that the people who are registered to vote at those residential properties exist. Or have they moved? Have they died? Did they ever exist? Have they moved to another county? Have they moved to another state? Have they moved out of country? So it's, it's a massive effort to clean up the voter rolls, but that is something that we are going to have to require of the county recorders, and it's going to be a big effort that has to be done before mail-in ballots go out for 2022. Do you know if uh, there was any looking into how many dead people voted? I don't know for sure. That wasn't anything that was promoted or uh, presented at the uh, the hearing on, on Monday. So there are places in in Pima County where more than 100% of the registered voters voted. There's two precincts that showed more than 100% of the votes were returned. You know, the other thing that you know I'm, I'm told that also happened um, is that there were there's precincts where over 98% of mail-out ballots were returned. That's un- th- okay, that's, that's mathematically, that's, statistically well, significant. Is 19% higher than all the other counties combined when you look at the return rate. So there's something very wrong, and I think that part of that, the thing that I'm really focused on is what what are the things, you know, statistically, okay, stats are nice, they kind of give you a place to, to look. I think the more important thing, and Dr. Peter Navarro coined this phrase a while back, it's the canvas, not the count. Unless you can tie a person to a property, you can't really prove that they were or were not a part of it. So right? there, there are a number of ballots that did go out uh, that ended up in somebody's mailbox where they had no idea who this person was, and they've uh, never that's lived what there. It sounds like that's what it sounds like. Now there are some. I mean, there's a number of variations of that, um, and that's what was presented to us uh, during the hearing. I'll keep in mind, um, all of the information that was gathered will be turned over to the Attorney General's office as part of their ongoing investigation. 
for election integrity around the state. It's not just Pima County. It's not just Maricopa County. Do you expect him to do anything about that? I do. I mean, let's put it this way. Prosecutors like throwing people in jail, especially when okay, they've broken good, the law. Good point. Unless you live in California, San Francisco, well, Minnesota. George, George Soros got you into office. Then, it, yeah, exactly. That, that's a little different. Yeah. So what other surprises did you find uh, during the hearings? Um, that there's, there's a lot of electronic. Um, it, when we looked at the, the digital canvassing, identifying um, uh, addresses for people to register to vote, um, I think one of the things, maybe a better way to say it, is that it identified a means for us to go through quickly and identify voters that should not be in the system because they're registered to vote at uh, an industrial park or a government building or a commercial building. Uh, In Arizona, you have to have a residential property as your address. So that was probably one of the big things. Um, one of the things I the, saw to that end was there were 40 people registered to a place down in Lukeville, probably yeah. uh, the the yeah. uh, CBP station there. Yeah, so that is another issue that I have a real problem with is, is um, you know, when you have a zero address, there's no such thing. That's a point on a map. So, for example, zero West Ajo Way. Right. When you've got, I forget how many were, I think, I'm using this as a demonstration. When you've got 1,355 people registered to vote at the exact same place, okay, is that a community center on a reservation? Okay, that's not a, that's not a home residence. It's not a residence. It's probably the prison system. Well, I'm, I'm not going to presume to know what the address is, but I think one of the things that concerns me is, if everybody's vote is supposed to count the same, everybody has to follow the same rules. That means you have to have a residence address that's unique to you. That's not what we have here. Wow. So what can the audience do to help? Well, there's a couple of things that we're doing right now um, in preparation for the upcoming session, which starts the second Monday of January. Um, I have been working now for um, almost a year on something called the Ballot Fraud Countermeasures Program. It's uh, also known as the Arizona Ballot Integrity Project. And what that does, it's it's legislation that was actually passed by the House and signed into law, but the Supreme Court overturned it. Um, more on a technicality, that it was part of a uh, a budget reconciliation bill, and they said, no, you can't include all the various titles together, um, which we disagree with them. They've been It's standard practice for the last 40 years when you have a, a money bill, something that's got a budget issue. Anyhow, we're, um, we're going to reintroduce that language, and it, it applies a watermark to the paper. It starts an audit trail for the paper. And then it also provides a QR code, which is unique to every single ballot, that the voter would be able to read that code, get the number off of it. And then after the election is over, they'd be able to go out and find their actual ballot image. 
so that they can know that it's part of the blockchain. There, it'll be, it'll have a hash to it, so you know the the image can't be replaced with something else or altered. Um, that's going to be introduced. Um, I'm also introducing a bill that will call on the legislature to prohibit the use of electronic um, tabulation equipment as the primary means to count votes. Okay, um, so I think it's it's high time we go back to paper paper ballots, hand counting. Um, and bring the people back into the system. Because what we've done is we've disenfranchised folks that want to be a part of the election system and replaced them with machines. And I, they've over, constituents are overwhelmingly rejecting that idea. Well, let's go back to the first part of, what do you call it, the Ballot Integrity Project? Yes, sir. Okay, so if you do that, uh, tell me again what the countermeasures are. How how are you doing this? Well, there's both overt and covert countermeasures. In fact, the, the, the covert countermeasures are very much like what you see on the $100 bill, $50 bill. It's the same kind of intellectual property at use uh, in, in this ballot concept as is in use in U.S. currency. Okay. Um, so you've got that. You're going to know right away whether or not there's a watermark on, a, on one of the pieces of paper. No different Suddenly than a bill. In, no different than a bill. That's right. Secondly, and every bit as important, is for the first time ever, we will know how many sheets of paper have been used to print ballots. That is the first step in creating an audit trail. So almost like a serial number. Exactly. Exactly. It's a serial number of the piece of paper, not the ballot. Okay. So that piece of paper... Um, and you have two different entities now that are involved in printing. You have the, the entity that prints the countermeasures, and then the ballot printer will have to draw from inventory, much the way the U.S. Treasury does. This is built on the U.S. Treasury system, by the way. Okay. Um, so they draw on the paper to print the ballot, and once the ballots are printed, they have to account for every single sheet of paper that was spoiled, uh, might have been damaged, uh, was a ballot that went out? Was a ballot that didn't go out? Is a ballot that has been um, purposely uh, destroyed because it wasn't used? Okay, so there's a number of variations. So literally, no different than what the uh, uh, what the U.S. Treasury does with the bills. If a bill yes, is sir. torn in half, they have to account for it, and they That's have right. to account for their destruction. What yeah. about what about microprinting on the uh, ballot? Yeah, so it's. Um, there's a number of features on it that are at the 500 nanometer print size. Okay. There's only one company in the world that does that. So for the folks, uh, you know, spoiler alert, yeah, it'll be a sole source bid uh, because the intellectual property is owned by a single company. Okay. But the best part of this is it's 25 cents a ballot to add this. Well, we're, to, we're, to, to add everything, it's only 25 a cents a ballot? Yeah, 25 cents a ballot. Okay, which is nothing. 50, which is, which is nothing. cents for a stamp, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's so, a genius, quite frankly. So the people that are against this, how are they going to uh, cry voter disenfranchisement? Um, I, that'll be an interesting argument to hear. I'm not, quite, I'm not sure how they'll be able to twist that one. But one of the things that folks can can do, and I would encourage them to do this, is go, if they want to help get behind this, they can go to votefincham.com. That's V-O-T-E-F-I-N-C-H-E-E-M. So not U-M, E-M, dot com. 
click on news, and near the bottom of the news page, there is about a three-minute video that explains all the things that are in this and shows a few photographs of what the ballot would look like. Then if they want to get behind this, we are trying to build a list of citizen activists. And this is a, actually a nationwide project because we've got nine, I think it's nine different states right now that are trying to push this through their legislatures as soon as possible. But you can go to electionsbythepeople.com. That's electionsbythepeople.com. And you can sign up to be a citizen activist. Then we will send you um, talking points. Um, you'll have a, a brief description so that people understand the context of all of this. Phone numbers, email addresses, and street addresses for legislators, um, for the governor. Uh, we want to bring maximum pressure to bear on the apparatus of government. Say, look, the people own the elections. Government doesn't own the elections. The people do. Well, for we now, want Biden have, wants to change that. Well, yeah, Biden wants to change everything. That's what they do in Stalinist America. But we're not going to let them do that. So here in Arizona, if we can get this instituted, uh, it's, it's going to make a major hurdle for anybody who wants to cheat through you know, printing of their own ballots, um, which we don't know if that happened or not, because we don't have watermarks. Right. Or trying to run a bunch of ballots through the system that you don't have real voters for. Now, at the same time, we need to go through and clean up the voter rolls. And uh, I think the, one of the most important things um, that we're going to have to really push hard on, and that is paper ballots and counting, and the prohibition of electronic countermeasure or electronic um, equipment as the primary means to count votes. I don't care if the counties use. Uh, a, an electronic tabulator to do a quality check on whether or not, you know, did the hand count come out close? But it, it, it shouldn't be the primary way for us to count votes. If they do a hand count, how much does that delay the results? That's a staffing issue. I mean, if we think about it, in the past, before they had these electronic boxes, how do we count votes? With people. And I, quite frankly, would much rather pay people who have got a vested interest in the outcome, both Republican and Democrat, I'd rather pay the people 12 hours to be there counting votes okay, and, and get the results out by midnight. Mark, we have a caller. Uh, Mark? Yeah. Caller Mark? Yes. You're on with... Yes, I'm You're here. on with uh, LD11, uh, Mark yes, Fincham. Mark, Mark, go ahead. Yes, yeah, uh, uh, Mark Fincham's uh, done a fantastic job with this. Um, with this, basically, it's an invention, and Mark won't claim claim it, but he's the one who did this, and it's a genius thing that he did. And um, anyway, so it should be a national. Hopefully, it'll turn into a national ballot. But um, so I'm very excited for this uh, new ballot to be coming out. And I'm expecting it'll come out. He has said that it is actually going to happen here in Arizona. And uh, so I want to thank Mark very much for all of his genius work he's put into this. No matter what the uh, this other idiot that's on the station that comes on a little later here today says about Mark, uh, Mark is a excellent individual, and um, he's definitely not crazy. 
Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Opinions well, are like noses. Exactly. Like Mark, that, right? yeah, not thank, crazy. You, thank you yeah. for your time. Now, uh, Mark Fincham, we've only got six minutes left. Um, you broached the vote for Fincham. So let's talk about that a second. Um, I'm looking at the polls, and I'm seeing in the polls that I see that you're about 20 points ahead of everybody else. Yes, sir. So, that's, by the way, that's an opposition poll, <laughs> which is even better. So, which is even better. So, I'm going to use the word I hate to use as a presumptive candidate for Secretary of State. What do you bring to the table? Well, I, uh, solutions. I mean, you're you're looking at one of those solutions right now, and that's about fraud countermeasures program. Now, that's the kind of legislation that I would recommend to the legislative branch because the secretary of state is in the executive branch of government um my my view of that office is to advocate for the legislature to do those things that may be necessary in order to keep elections honest now elections are a system those systems periodically require maintenance and when you find a, a manner that people are misusing the system or abusing the system you're going to have to respond with a something to, to hold that in check. Um, my commitment is to faithfully execute the laws that the legislature has passed and that the governor has signed into law. We don't have that right now with the current Secretary of State. Um, she's entered into a number of consent decrees that, quite frankly, usurp the authority of the people's representatives by colluding with the judiciary on something that the, the legislative branch never agreed to. In, in effect, creating new law. So wow. one of the things that I would um, seek is a way to um, essentially roll back, um, get out of the consent decree, um, turn those on their head, because all they did was they usurped the authority of the legislature, and that's just not how you govern. Speaking of that, I'm going to bring up something we ask every candidate that is on the show. And, and I didn't bring you on to talk about your candidacy, but you brought it up, so be it. According to the Arizona State Constitution, Article 2, Section 2, what is the stated purpose of government? Well, it's to protect the rights of the people. Uh, it's to maintain those individual rights. And we've seen a terrible assault on those individual rights um, by the current executive, you know, uh, forcing businesses to lock down, um, mask mandates. Um, that just is not America. That's something else. You've got a right to say, no, I'm not going to put something in my body. No, I'm not going to close my business. Unless, of course, there is a true threat to people. Um, it's my view that the management of this this pandemic has not been executed very well. But essentially, governments are established to protect and defend, maintain the individual rights of, of the person. Because as you as, let's go to the Tenth Amendment and run that backwards. Exactly. The ones who give the power to the state, the state gives the power to the federal government. Perfect. Now, next question. You've been successful in, in, the, in your past lives. Why the hell do you want to do this? I love my country. I love, my, I love the fact that I have gotten to have 
so much opportunity. And I want to make sure that to my last dying breath, I am doing everything I can to see to it that those who are younger than I am, who are coming after me, have the same opportunity. I've lived a great life. God has blessed me richly in so many different areas. And I want to see to it that um, we preserve that same American ingenuity experience for everybody. Well, we've got one minute left. What do you want people to know? Well, I'd like to, I'd like them to know that I'm a genuine person. No matter what the left has tried to paint me, they've used all kinds of ep- epaulets, epitaphs. No, ep- epithets. Epithets. Thank you. Or maybe epaulets if they had it on your shoulder. Yeah. They, well, they put it on my shoulder quite a bit. Okay. Um, but I'm a genuine person, genuine man. And I genuinely love the people who are around me. I don't care what your political stripe is. Um, and I hope people would go to votefincham.com, click on news. If you want to see anything about me, I'm probably one of the most transparent candidates out there. Every single media hit that I've had is out there for people to see. And then if you agree with what you see and you're a registered Republican, please click on the um, sign my petition button. And of course, elections take money. And if folks want to make a contribution, contributions are welcome no matter how small great mark we've got 15 seconds left thank you so much for being on look forward to talking to you again that's all the time we have for right now thank you to our sponsors thank you to everybody who's listening to the show for inside track this is eb wilkinson and dave mason wishing you all a very pleasant good afternoon customers come first at tucson iron and metal surplus a lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap, and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Wouldn't it be great if political leaders could create that country again? Learn how to do exactly that, one family at a time, with Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, imuswilkinson.com, 777-1911, 777-1911. 